You are listening to Rouge, White and Blue, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Welcome to the Rouge, White and Blue Podcast, returning for the 2021 CFL season, as is the league itself, finally. Joining me for the season, as always, is Wisconsin resident and diehard fan of the still CFL champion Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Joe Pritchard. Joe, how have you been? It's been an interesting, what, 15 months or so now, but I'm glad that... 630 days. Yeah, it's it's been a (laughs) weird time, but you know what? We have CFL football to look forward to that's making me feel normal for the first time in forever. So I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now I understand you've basically been on a sports starvation diet. Is is this some kind of protest or something? Uh, no, it's just you fall out of a habit. Prices rise. You just decide not to follow, you know, follow every follow things as far as you could follow them and all of a sudden you realize you got a whole lot more time on your hands for one and you're also not paying cable companies a hundred bucks a month just to <laughs> just to watch a couple innings of a baseball game every few nights uh, before your three-year-old pulls you away from it anyway so oh well baseball is low on the priority list i'm very excited about because of covid for example in the nhl they played their season, but the Canadian teams only played amongst themselves. I mean, you may have heard this, right? So all season, it was kind of like original six up there in Canada. Uh, same teams played each other over. As a result, in the semifinals, you've got a draw in there. The, the one side is the Islanders versus the Lightning, so New York versus uh, Tampa Bay. And on the other side is Montreal versus Las Vegas. Because Canada emerged, uh, uh, Montreal emerged out of what I like to call the Canada bracket. I think they called it the North bracket, but really it's the Canada bracket because they just decided they didn't want to let American teams up north. Well, well, uh, I suppose somebody that's a little bit more cynical than myself could point out that they wanted at least one Canadian team in the semifinals yeah. so that they had a shot at winning the cup for the first time since 93. <laughs> and we just lost a big chunk of our listenership. Sorry, Oz. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. What CFL fan does not care about hockey? In any case, um, so have you been doing anything CFL-wise? Have you been playing any tabletop? Have you been Tabletop is uh, we're we're about a couple weeks away from ending this from ending the regular season, but we've kind of oh. hit a bit of a uh, as as the weather's been getting nicer, we've been it's been a little bit harder to go in that direction and say yeah, let's spend three hours some random Saturday doing this where right. you could be out and about having right. a family time or going out to the pool or what have you. So it's been a little bit harder to. Even th- even think about it lately. So we I hope we finish someday. But right now we're two weeks from the end. Our playoff teams are set, but okay. the seating isn't quite there yet. Okay. All right. That's the cold snap. What CFL Dream League? Something something of the sort. <laughs> if you've been listening to the show over the past year, you've heard plenty enough about it already. 
Oh yeah, well, well, I'm excited for for the great cup of that to eventually take place as well. I've been talking so much lately over at the Sports History Network, that's sportshistorynetwork.com, uh, on the various shows there, just about the CFL, the XFL, and whatnot, that I'm finding it a little bit difficult to shift into gears about actual CFL football being played. Are you... Uh, are you having to jumpstart your heart a little bit here, Joe? Just a little bit. Just knowing now that there is a plan yeah. in place, there is a date yeah. in mind, instead of it being hypothetical, it could happen here, it could happen there, it could. Now we know it's going to be August 5th. August, August kickoff. 5th kickoff. I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm a lot, uh, it's a lot easier to go, hey, on August 5th, I'm going to sit down in my basement and watch my Bombers play. That's better than theoretically they're make, they're working on plans and they've got things in motion and they're working here there everywhere, everywhere trying to make up contingency plans what have you to make this work it's it's a lot easier to visualize hey August fifth I'm watching football rather than maybe we get a season I'm being a little bit flip about it because it's been a long time and they've had so many struggles to do it but there were a lot of hurdles to jump and they finally got past the last hurdle so i'm glad for that but don't mind me for being a little bit like okay it's it's about time guys let's go mm -hmm. <laughs> I think we're all I think we're all in that mode though that we're ti we're sick and tired of how our lives have been over the past oh, yeah, year sure. or so well, so yeah that's for sure that's for sure uh, I am increasingly fascinated with what's happening in sports and like I said I've been talking about CFL in the abstract quite a lot lately and ultimately I've just sort of I don't know if you'd call it a revelation but I've just sort of come to the realization that the Canadian Football League itself is an unusually unique entity, right? I mean, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. Think about the path that professional Canadian football has taken. Okay, first off, the rugby, rugby football league union, or whatever they call it, the Canadian Rugby Football Union, was started in this very sort of British way, in that the highest pinnacle of athletic pursuit was amateurism, right? Like the first winners of the Great Cup are college teams, you know, amateur teams, basically, right? Because, you know, again, like the British felt in the 19th century that sports should be the province of the rich, right? I mean, because those are the only people in the 19th century that have enough leisure time to get good at their sport, right? And to do it for free, right? So it starts that but along the way, it becomes a more traditional capitalist enterprise, except like kind of like a European club model. Some of the teams are still community owned, right? Others are American style capitalist entities owned by a guy with a lot of money, a disproportionate amount of money. Um, Right, and the teams that are that way now probably started as right. clubs, public, what have you, 
and couldn't make that work anymore and became privatized to survive. Now, somehow, this hybrid model became so successful, worked so well, that from the 50s right up through, you know, Joe Theismann and Warren Moon, this was a viable financial alternative for top-level players. Now, now think about that. This The CFL was the only league besides the AFL which proved it could survive in parallel with the NFL as a top-level football league. That's outstanding. That 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 is, you know, again, mm-hmm. it's an outlier in this respect. And now, But now, what's wild, and, and for me, this is what's kind of hanging over my head about this season. This could be the last season of the Canadian Football League, as we have known it to this point. Because now it has sort of been swallowed by the international impetus, American-led international impetus, that it's all about the TV contract, right? And if you can't get the TV contract, you can't do a complex, expensive league like a football league, okay? Especially football, the most expensive, complex game there is that we've ever had, that humanity's ever had, okay? It's, it's impossible to do it without the TV contract and there is no such TV contract for the CFL. And you, and, and there, and that's been the argument since the mid eighties too. And that's where the NFL and the CFL diverged, uh, financially is the strength of their TV deals. And there's been issues with the Canadian TV deals since about the mid eighties, uh, as far as is it providing enough? Is it, is it enough to keep the league alive? At one point it was, it, they even needed to dip down into the U.S. and get some ESPN TV money uh, in the mid-90s and expansion fees just to prop right. the league up. But then they found themselves – they built themselves up back up into a position where a Canadian-only TV deal was enough for 25 years again. And it became something different, and now we're looking at maybe that's not quite enough anymore, and maybe it needs to morph into yes. something else. But the CFL has been amazingly adaptable. The question is, is the fan base going to be adaptable enough if they make big enough changes? Or or do we decide to do kind of an NHL thing where we have those smaller Canadian markets and we have them on equal ground? Because here's, here's another thing I've been thinking lately holistically. I actually heard this. Uh, I heard this from, I forget where, I wish I could ascribe it to, to he who said it first. But, you know, I've been very down about sports. You know, I, I see extinction of sports all over the place, you know, beginning with the CFL. But my new idea is that I think sports is just going to become more niche. I mean, look, we take it for granted. That sports is one of the four things you see on your local news. Why? Why? It doesn't have to be like that. And I think that, you know, in the future, uh, sports will be on ESPN or TSN or, or Sky or whatever, Fox Sports, whatever your station is, and that's it. And it's just going to be for people like us. It's not going to be a general thing. 
I mean, yeah, I'm sure that like folks will all still watch the Super Bowl, World Cup, soccer, you know, um, uh, the Grey Cup final. You know, I'm sure we'll all do that. You know, I'm sure like when a when a LeBron level guy comes up to the NBA, he'll he'll get some interest from the general population. But I really think that that things are going to get more niche. So I think that if places, if a CFL, XFL, let's say, were willing to have a stadium capacity of like 30,000, then, you know, all of a sudden Edmonton, Calgary, Winnipeg can play ball, literally and economically, with Las Vegas, you know, with San Jose and, you know, Boston or wherever the hell else they're going to put. They're going to try and put a team in L.A. and fail, <laughs> you know, wherever. But the point is that the small markets could play ball. That's why they can play ball in hockey, because a hockey rink is only like, what, 20, 20,000, maybe, you know, so they can play ball. They can fill that. You know, Saskatchewan can fill 50,000, but not too many other places can in Canada. Right. So, again, what I think is this with this season going forward. What the CFL should do is something we haven't seen, at least in North America. Whatever they do, whatever the CFL, XFL does, it should be something completely different. Because if they try and go with any of the normal routes, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. You can't take American fans away from, like, college football, you know. And Canadian fans more and more love the NFL. They play fantasy football and stuff. You know, so I just think something they need to do something completely different, whatever they settle on. You know, The Rock had this interesting idea where XFL and CFL play for like 10, 12 weeks of the season, have their playoffs, and then the Canadian League continues from there and then has their own tournament at the end of the Great Cup. See, I like that. Completely original idea. Both leagues can coexist, you know, and, and, you know, Maybe the CFL, at least for the first half of the season, can get that TV deal. And then hopefully by then there's enough interest where at least some people stick with it for the second half. Maybe. And that's what they've been working – and that's kind of the model right. they've been working on in the U.S. for the last seven-plus years now where they have ESPN2's right. attention from June through the last right. week of August. But the moment college football right. starts up in earnest, forget about Saturdays, forget about Friday yep. nights, maybe even forget yep. about Thursday nights. It, all of a sudden, you lose that that exposure right. you've had right. all summer, and then it's just to the street. Yeah, and, and the thing is, when college football starts, you lose all the hardcore fans and the betters. And then when pro football starts, you lose all the fantasy football players. <laughs> and that's where the CFL yep. has been making gains in America for the past, like, as you say, seven years, is through fantasy and through betting. You know, you got two extra months of fantasy and betting before NFL and college starts, you know, and, and they need to keep that somehow. And I think that's what the XFL wants as well. The XFL wants those people. They want the spring market, right, which may or may not exist, <laughs> but for football. But in any case, right. okay, right, and and, then, and that and that goes and that goes that whole idea of staying before Labor Day mm -hmm. goes against the traditions that the CFL has had in, had established for longer than I've been right. alive. So that's where 
the tug the tug of war is between making a dramatic change and making no change. Mm-hmm. So I I wonder I I don't really even see how this is feasible. Wow. Well, I hope they take the chance because here's what I'm afraid of. You're a huge fan of the USFL, but you weren't around. Okay. The vibe of fandom going into that third season. Okay. No way that after this was the last spring one. And after this, they were going to go fall was bizarre. Okay. For example, Denver, who had had one of the biggest fan bases ever, they said, well, they're going to compete with the Broncos. Screw this. We're not even going to stay around this ding, year. Ding, ding, ding. You know? Right. So they went from 40,000 to 14,000 <laughs> right. overnight. Exactly. And, and that, but see, that was just the, the picture of the attitude among all the fans. It was just like, we were all just like, why should we emotionally invest? We know they're going to lose. The NFL is a beast. Even right. back then, the NFL was a beast. It went from being something different right. enough with just enough star power to convince you to give it a shot. Right. to what the hell are they doing overnight? <laughs> right, exactly. And so, you know, that's, I, I, I think that Canadians are, in general, a lot more optimistic than somebody like me. So I think that they, they, they don't, this feeling is not going to be pervasive. But, you know, I'm really hoping that there's, there's breadcrumbs here during the season. I hope that we see more of these. Yeah, you know, I hope we see games in November where The Rock is up there in the press box. You know, seriously, and his boys from the XFL are up there watching these games. You know, I I hope we get that. I hope we get you know, <laughs> Rod Black. You know, getting to welcome The Rock into the booth in the third quarter, and so he can he can he can make jokes about it. But if you do, but if you do that, then you're going to have most of the most of the Twitter CFL fan base rooting for the rock to throw Rod Black out the window. Exactly. So that might not be the best Put him thing. in a stranglehold. <laughs> Do it. Give him the people's elbow right now. <laughs> his, his poor beleaguered partner is going to offer him 20 bucks <laughs> like he did the last, like he did the time they had the UFC fighter up there. Oh my God, that was crazy. Um, yeah, I, I, I wonder how I'm going to react and and there's so many different ways though, and since we're on the subject, there's so many different ways for the Lisa to collaborate outside of saying, "Hey, we're one entity yeah. now," yeah. that we that don't tend to get thrown around because we're all kind of invested in this idea that oh my god, everything's going to change. We don't know what they're talking about. They could be talking about things as simple as combined player development, combined player camps, combined marketing mm-hmm. efforts. Combined, hey, Fox, hey, Fox has got our TV deal or something, and now they have the CFL deal too. Combined negotiating, it could be, they could be working on a, a lot of different paths outside of. We're going to have the New York Hitmen show up in Winnipeg next week. There could be a lot of di- a lot of different paths that don't involve that. Mm-hmm. I would like to see some. Inter- I, I'll tell you what my fantasy is. And actually, I'm glad you brought that up because I think marketing and the response to uh, NFL football is hidden in this schedule. Not really hidden. It's in this schedule as well. But my fantasy is this. There are certain sports like um, 
the one I've been doing for my Truly the Goats podcast recently is Gaelic football. Okay, Gaelic football and Aussie rules football are different games. Okay, they are. But they're close enough so that there is a variant that allows them to play against one another. Right? There's a compromise set of rules. That's what I would love to see. I would love to see CX, CFL, XFL games with compromise rules. Already the XFL does some things like the CFL does, as opposed to the NFL or American ball. Um, they already have some CFL rules, right? So I'd like to see a compromise version of that. I'd like to see XFL rules try and play with the Rouge, you know, because why not? You know, or three downs, you know, or see CFL teams play with four downs, conversely. You know, why not? You know, compromise rules, right? Have the one yard off the line, but keep four downs. Why not? People love offense. Okay, give more offense <laughs> and make it safe. In any case, right. So like, like I alluded to just a second ago, um, it, in my mind, uh, I looked at this schedule and I was glancing through it. And I was going, wow, wait a minute. Wait, wait, that's, wait, wait. Two Sunday games, all regular season, two Sunday games. What did you make of that, Joe? Well, they're probably trying to avoid the NFL because there's more overlap with the NFL than a normal right. CFL schedule is going to have. You're going deeper into the into deeper into the NFL season with the CFL. You're starting a lot a lot later than you usually do, so you don't have that half a season window where you have the attention of the of the, of uh, football fans. Uh, so you really have to avoid Sundays if at all possible because you're losing those days dramatically to the NFL. And so they're taking the World Football League strategy, which is here, let's put them on weekdays and stuff like this. Now, I didn't uh, go over it with a magnifying glass. I got my highlights of the schedule. So I'm wondering about BC, because that's always the big one, right? You put put a a weeknight game in BC where you have to drive outside of the city to get to the stadium. Uh, That never sells. So hopefully they avoided that trap. Now, uh, of course, the schedule is reduced to 14 games. And mm-hmm. the Eastern teams are going to play their first two games in the West. Now, you know, that makes sense for reasons of COVID and quarantine and whatnot. But I thought it was also a nice coincidence that, hey, that means in week one, you are playing games in four of basically the league's five strong fan bases, right? You've got uh, Hamilton at Winnipeg in the traditional breakup rematch opener. Uh, BC is going to Saskatchewan. Uh, Toronto is at Calgary. And Ottawa is at the Edmonton Elk. Right? Or if you tip, or if you tilt the, if you think of the, the uh, antlers as uh, color the color the antlers red, and all of a sudden they're the fighting roosters. Oh, uh, or the or the fighting cocks, Joe. <laughs> uh, I was being <laughs> see too easy, too easy to joke. We'll have we'll have a little CFL fan base. will have a little bit of fun with that, but yes, I I I, I wholeheartedly approve of the change, and I'm happy they made <laughs> they made it out as well as they did with it. Well, I like the logo. I mean, it it looks like yes. had yes. like the mutual of Omaha logo. <laughs> the insurance company, but um, it, it's, it's doable. But I do like it. it, it it's, it's basically like one line. So I, I really thought that was pretty cool. Um, it's very, very modern looking and yet still kind of traditional. So I do like the Elk step. Now, 
of course, one of the first peculiarities I noticed about the schedule is not only does Montreal get by in week one, they actually don't get a home game until week four. So uh, Montreal fans, those of you who have been long-suffering and underappreciated, you have to wait a whole extra month to go see your guys. So, Well, it could be worse. Course. You could be Hamilton and have your first home game of in week course. five. Yeah, or it could be the Toronto Blue Jays and your fellow Florida home. <laughs> in any case, uh, let's see. Okay, so uh, like Joe alluded to earlier, the home-and-home home Labor Day sets uh, are going off. At least Hamilton, Toronto, Saskatchewan, Winnipeg, and Calgary, Edmonton. And those will be in weeks five and six. Um, Which is much, much sooner than we're right. used to. Right. But, right. hey, can't do anything about the calendar, right? We're not the, we're not, we're not no, the Romans. No. So, and then, uh, but I also noted, too, that those Hamilton-Toronto games are going to be just four days apart. They're actually in the same calendar week. Now, Toronto, I believe, has to do that twice this year. <laughs> twice they have to play two games in the same, you know, again, calendar week in that same seven-day stretch. This, These are in four games. Um, I don't suppose you're planning on going up there this season. Uh, I, I'm trying not to get my hopes okay. up. How about that? Okay. Let's wait and see. We have to wait and see when... Travel is normalized yeah. on the border. I know. I know that there's some allowances being made right now, but just general tourism is still uh, not on the not, not in the books quite yet. So I'm not going to make any plans until I know that the border is going to be open. How is I have to go to the banjo bowl? Not a good enough excuse. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> okay, so um, just. Like it should fit under a family exemption for me at this point, you would think, but I don't. I also don't want to try my hand at trying to convince a border agent of that either. <laughs> just, um, uh, just a few more notes uh, later on, um, particularly with regard to uh, the weekday scheduling. They've noted in the press release announcing the schedule, they noted that there were three Saturdays that have triple headers, but. There's some other weird stuff that's going on. Week 9, which is in late September and early October, has games on Tuesday, Friday, and two on Saturday. And week 10 has five games. Yes, this is the Toronto. Uh, they have to play a bookend the week. They're playing twice. And in that week, there are games on Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, and two Monday daytime. <laughs> That would be Canadian right. Thanksgiving, right. so that makes right. sense. Crazy, crazy week there. Love that week. Okay. Uh, and that, of course, probably most important, at least for the purposes of this show, uh, in weeks 14 and 15 is a back-to-back -back between Winnipeg and Montreal. Do you want to? Yep. That, those will be good. Uh, that was last year before the world ended. Um <laughs> It was a plan of ours to go up to Montreal in August, not to see the Bombers, unfortunately, because they would have been playing in October, and I can't convince my wife to go to Canada in October, much less mm -hmm. later than that. Uh, but it would be a it would have been a trip that me and my wife would have made last year in August to see Montreal play. I want to say it was BC, 
So that's something I'm looking forward in 2022 is to see when the Bombers will show up in Montreal. This year, play, them being in November is just fine by me. <laughs> Montreal, Montreal is awesome. But I, your, your wife is correct. Uh, by October, Montreal is certainly, let's say, crisp. <laughs> and Quebec City is probably cold. Yeah, I, I believe the word she was using to me the other the other day was that people that travel from our neck of the woods, not that I'm in the most warm climate to begin with in Wisconsin, yeah. but people from our neck of the woods that travel up to uh, Canada in November, as a general rule, are crazy. And I couldn't really tell her she was wrong. So, <laughs> well, yeah, there's a reason birds migrate south, south in the winter time. <laughs> Um, okay, so, and then I guess playoffs are usual format, right? There's no change in the playoffs. Six, six, yep, that was, that, that was my understanding is they kept the same division, same format. Six teams will make it. And, uh, okay, hey, let's take an early bet on this one. Uh, I'm sure that some enterprising sports books have this one up there. Uh, will there be a crossover team this year? We'll say no is a plus... 150. Yes is minus 160. I don't know what you oh, mean okay. with those with that with that set of odds because I'm not a degenerate uh, gambler. Uh, but I'm going to say that you probably are thinking that the smart that you want to balance the smart money off of uh, coming off of the West crossing yeah. over like they have for the last yeah. little while. And given how short the schedule is, and given how long it's been since teams have been together and cohesive i'm gonna say no no crossover okay i'm gonna say that there's gonna be enough crazy things yeah. going on that well at least crazy by the standards we know the cfl as which are crazy yeah. enough things happen every single week that make us go wow but there's gonna be two or three of those wow games every week this year i think and we're we actually probably don't have a darn clue how this is all yeah. gonna turn out so I'll say no crossover because we're all probably going to be uh, having a car crash or <laughs> I ought to go with yes. There will be a crossover. It'll be a team from the east. <laughs> Rossi. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which would there mean Hamilton's going to go about what thirteen and one, <laughs> um, and Calgary will probably be you know twelve and two. Um, have you seen? I, I should say this last. Um, Almost last, but this on the new season. Uh, today is the 16th. It's a Wednesday. We'll probably release this episode on the 17th of June. Um, have you seen the various uh, schedule announcements put out by the team? Oh, okay. of course, because the the, the bombers rock oh, with that sort dude. of thing. So, oh, dude, I gotta give it up. Man. I gotta give it up for. I mean, look, anything with Seinfeld is gonna get my approval. But the way that they broke it, didn't they do uh, The Office last year? Yeah. Yes, right. they did The Office last year for the schedule that never right. was. Right. Um, That's what I was thinking. That's and then this thinking. year, this no, year was Seinfeld. Yeah. Seinfeld. I get. Hopefully next year it'll be like Curb Your Enthusiasm or some other show that I can stand watching. Uh, but that was really good, and I love Bo Levy Mitchell, like saying, "Okay." A, I'm throwing down the gauntlet, and B, I'm going to be, you know, the face of the Stampeders and really the face of the CFL. 
that was kind of, to me, that was kind of what that announcement by the Stampeders was about, is that he really wants it. He's putting himself on that football card uh, for this season. Uh, so it'll be, I'm looking forward to seeing what the Stampeders uh, put together this season. You probably not so much. Well, I am looking forward to it. I'd really... You know, I'd really like to. I'd really like to just get in back into the flow of enjoying the CFL. And sometimes it's good to have a good, uh, uh, a good rivalry going out while the teams in the West seem to have a good hit on for each other, even without having played each other for a couple of years. So uh, stoking that fire a little bit can't hurt either, though. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay. Uh, all right. Before we go, Joe, um, we're gonna we have an announcement. We're gonna follow some other of our podcast allies, friends, compadres, whatnot. Joe, tell the folks what they can buy. (laughs) Well, they can now buy a couple of different things with the Rouge, White, and Blue podcast logo on them. Uh, Our friends over at the Alouette's Flight Deck launched their store, I want to say, two, three weeks ago. And I hopped on board, uh, bought a few of the fine products that their store was offering from uh, Teespring and liked the quality and thought, you know what? Our logo on that shirt would look pretty good, too. So there's a couple of different uh, kinds of T-shirts, phone cases or pullovers and and coffee mugs that you can or even pint glasses, which was a matter of discussion between some of the podcast network people uh, as that store was opening are now available uh, in our own Teespring store. So if you've ever thought that that logo would look good on a t-shirt and you'd like to wear one around somewhere, uh, or you're actually a big enough fan of the show that not only do you want to listen, but you want to promote it for us, there you go. Here's your chance. (laughs) So we'll have a link in the description of the of the on uh on our podcatchers and i'll also be posting a link on the rwe podcast twitter account and that will be coming out and that link will have been posted uh before the show is released you can tell cfl season is near joe's optimism is back we're gonna get we're gonna get somebody plugging our merchandise How about much, that? much uh, less our show? I, I have, I don't have, I don't, I don't feel like I'm going to be able to retire <laughs> off of this, or either of us will be able to retire off of this. But hey, I just want to, I just want a T-shirt with that. Yeah, logo I right. mean, because it's a pretty darn awesome logo, and I believe I owe the guy that created the logo a T-shirt yeah. to begin with. And it's been a couple of years since we've had this logo, so uh, I figured I better get on with that too and pay him back eventually. Yeah, I mean, I may be fine. <laughs> But um, the Rouge Red and Blue podcast does have a really swell logo, and it really does yes. look nice on this merchandise. Rather like the Alouette's Flight Deck stuff. Uh, I was telling Joe uh, before the show. Here we go. I'm giving them a plug. Hopefully they'll give us a plug. Uh, I was telling Joe before the show. You know, ever since COVID hit, so almost a year and a half ago, I haven't bought any new clothes at all. <laughs> Everything I have is holes in it. So I'm going to be replacing all my wardrobe. With, we, don't, we don't have any jeans though. Huh? I'm gonna be replacing. No, no jeans. You'll have to. You'll have to. I'll, I'll, I'll make patches and just put them on my jeans. Um, so yeah. So well, there's stickers. There's stickers. There you you can do that. There you go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna redo my wardrobe with Alouette's flight deck merchandise, uh, Rouge White Blue merchandise. Does Does Three and Out have merchandise yet? They They probably do. 
I believe I believe T-shirts okay. are available somewhere, but you'd have to right. check with those guys. I do know Pulse has a dedicated store right. out there too. Um, but yeah, I mean, for you, what would you need for your wardrobe? Oh, a T-shirt and then a hoodie that would double as your winter coat. You're yeah, all set. Yeah, California, you bet. Where it's currently 95 degrees, I think. <laughs> well, that was what that was our weather for yeah. the last three weeks. Yeah. So yeah, well, we got it now. So uh, yeah, so there. Uh, go to, we will we will provide the links in show notes. We'll give them out on Twitter. The Twitter is RWB Podcast. Uh, you can find us there on Facebook. Where RWB CFL Podcast, maybe. Uh, we are RWB Podcast on Twitter, okay. and we're not on Facebook. Uh, no. no, I don't remember not doing true. facebook so i'm not going true. to say no cfl facebook is not strong cfl twitter is very strong so i like twitter i've heard cfl reddit is pretty strong have you have you uh, dipped your toe in those waters joe i have yeah, not partaken I, i've no. been doing a lot of work with the sports history network and they just you know have been trying to get me to get into certain reddit groups and i'm just like i've avoided it for so long so i don't know i may be who knows in a week i may be neck deep in CFL Reddit. So I'll let you know. In any case, we'll be back with another episode of the Here's White Blue CFL podcast, probably in two weeks. I'm going to go be a degenerate gambler next week, but week after that, the Here's White Blue CFL podcast yeah. is back. For Joe Pritchard, I'm Oz Davis. This has been the Here's White Blue CFL podcast. Talk to you soon.
Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.